indeed, we are living in a mad world. Worn out places, worn out faces, going nowhere, though they think they are, but not in the earthly sense. Tears filling up their glasses, blank expressions. You know, it's interesting how that song Mad World by Tears for Fears from 1983 illustrate things as they are now. You know, people running in circles, and it's very hard to take. You know, in other ways, and what that says to me is, they don't see clearly, and they don't see the times we live for what they are. You know, I don't listen to a lot of secular music these days, but there are certain songs that truly explain where we are. You know, and it's so interesting that a lot of songs that were actually released back at that time in the 80s, those things are happening now. You know, Silent Running is another one. I grew up in the 80s, so couldn't help myself on that one. And I felt it appropriate due to the overall feeling of everything right now. I don't know about the rest of you, but I've been feeling downright tired and sad at times, and especially this last week. You know, this whole week has been very heavy on my heart, as a matter of fact. And I don't think I know anyone who isn't experiencing it. And I'm going to talk about that today. That said, my friends, welcome to the Innocence Redeemed podcast. If you're new here, I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and the topic of today's show is Hold Strong Through It All. God Does Have a Plan. Now, going by my intro, you may be confused thinking, oh no, I didn't like the sound of that. Ray's doing another gloomy podcast. <laughs> no, I'm not. The intro only illustrates where many are or how they may be feeling. Some of this podcast will actually be about purpose, but I'm also going to tie in strength and courage. So bear with me here, because though there is a reality based on where things are heading as it pertains to scripture, it's also important to remember what our response ought to be in light of God's promises. You know, it's very easy to feel disconcerted over all we see occurring. You know, I don't have to tell you that, you know, everybody is where they are. Questions arise such as where we're going what now, and so on and so forth. But it's important to remember through all these things that the Lord does have a plan for his people. He's not going to leave us here to rot away like the cheap veneer that's over everything else in the world right now. And let's face it, it is a cheap veneer. It's not hard to see it for what it is. And this is why joy can only be found in the Lord. It's important to remember to take heart and remember that the Lord has already overcome the world, and that those who walk closely with him, too, will overcome the world despite how grim it seems to be. You know, Jesus said before his persecution, when we take a look at John chapter 16, verses 20 through 22, that we would experience sorrow and tribulation. And so it is vitally important that we as believers remember when it seems everything and everyone around us is being taken away so that we don't lose heart. Jesus spoke these words to his disciples when he told them he was going away. John chapter 16, starting on verse 20. Most assuredly, and I'm, by the way, I'm, uh, I'm using the New King James, but you can use any version of scripture that works best for you. But John chapter 16, starting on verse 20. Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice, and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish 
for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. You know, that's the birth pains that uh, the Lord spoke about in Matthew 24, when he said there will be birth pains. It's the beginning of sorrow. All these are birth pains. You know, going on in verse 23. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. You know, my friends, I'm just like you in the feelings I experience. And the very feelings we have are the same as what Jesus experienced when he was here on earth. But do you know what the common theme was in all the Gospels of Jesus? Prayer. No, seriously, it was prayer. No matter who he was witnessing to or who he was around, no matter who or how many followed him, no matter what he was contending with, he always went alone to be with the Father to pray. And we can take a look at a few examples. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. So now, why do I mention Jesus going into solitude to pray? Well, there are many who are alone and hurting right now. And with everything else taking place, it is easy to go into despair. But my friends, we need to remember that Jesus overcame the world. And we need to consider it an opportunity to lean into prayer. You know, we need to lean in with the Lord in whatever we may be going through. Jesus never stopped praying, and neither should we. Just because we don't get our prayers answered right away doesn't mean we should stop seeking him in prayer. In fact, we're directed to pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17, where it says, pray without ceasing. And if you take a look at Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18, it says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So, I mentioned the verses of Jesus going to be alone because he took time to pray at different times of the day, no matter what was going on. And the prophet Daniel did the same. And he was facing persecution. Quoting Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, you know, this was right before he was thrown into the lion's den. The word says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day, and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. So, that verse from Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, despite anything we're encountering, it is an opportunity to get closer to the Lord. For some of us, he's giving us that opportunity to build us up for the season we're in. Because if we're not taking the time out with him, it's certainly going to make it more difficult. And this is why I referenced John chapter 16, verses 20 through 22, where it comes to having sorrow 
but knowing that in Jesus is our hope and strength to lead us through. But he tells us to pray. He tells us to ask of the Father. So when we continue on in John chapter 16 and go to verse 32, Jesus said, Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. You'll note that the Lord said, You will be scattered, each to his own, but yet won't be alone, because the Father is with me. That means us, my friends. You know what the word is saying is, we're never alone, no matter what. And so going on in verse 33, still in John chapter 16, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So yes, though we live in a mad world, as the song at the beginning, you know, was going on about, it is Jesus who keeps us in perfect peace. For his word says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, let your conduct be without covetousness, be content with such things as you have, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Note it says, be content with such things as you have. And that is because as things are taken away, many are going to find that hard to deal with. You know, I've had conversations behind the scenes with family and friends, and they're having a hard time adjusting to it. And I continue to say, get used to it. It's going to only get worse from here. The Lord has said it is not coming back to normal, at least not in the normal sense we knew it as. Be grateful for what you have. He will not leave us nor forsake us. You know, some people, since the lockdown started, they lost everything. They lost their jobs. They don't know what they're going to do. They don't even know how to provide for their family. Think about those people. But, you know, we also take a look at Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And let's admit it, the powers that be are making life very difficult for a lot of people right now. But we need to remember that nothing can separate us from the Lord, and he loves us no matter what we're going through. He cares for us. And these are key verses to remember, especially when you're feeling beat down, worn down, alone, broken, whatever the case may be. Many times I'm alone. You know, there's many times I feel like a truck ran over me and I feel wounded like I don't even know where to go from there. And if it weren't for God's promises and remembering them and quoting them in repetition, I can't say where I would be, folks. You know, I think that a lot of us could say that. You know, like I was saying a little bit ago, you know, some of you may have lost your job. Some of you may be alone and hurting and searching for purpose. If you're drifting right now and feeling down, hear me out on this. You know, let me just tell you, I've been there and I fully understand. You know, I know what it's like. You know, when I was in the wilderness, I searched for the Lord's purpose for my life for months before it was revealed to me. It took months because he desires consistency in our prayers. 
If you are persistent in searching for the Lord and getting alone with him and praying, he will reveal it to you. He will. Even in this late hour. You know, some believe they're not worthy of being called. You know, he'll probably, if he is calling you and you've been part of the world for a while, he'll probably, you know, get that sin out of you for first before he calls you to serve. But he can reveal at the same time because he was still refining me in the wilderness when he revealed to me that I would be working for him. And, you know, as far as being not worthy, you know, for example, the prophet Jeremiah, when he was called, he thought he was too young to speak for the Lord. We read about this in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. Start, you know, the Lord said, starting on verse 5, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And, you know, then Jeremiah responds, O sovereign Lord, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. And the Lord replied, Don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and will protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. And that right there, that verse alone, and don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. That right there is one of the Lord's verses for strength. You know, but going on to verse 9, Then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, Look, I have put words in your mouth. And so you see, the Lord rebuked Jeremiah because he already had a purpose for him. He already had a plan. And so speaking of purpose, I believe the Lord is going to cause all the terrible things that have happened to many of you to work out for a greater purpose, to complete his will here on earth. You know, in these last days, he's got a plan. And the Lord's desire is to reach as many souls as possible so that, you know, they are brought to salvation so that they can be redeemed from their sin. But it's up to us to seek him and to see how he can use us. We have to be willing. You know, many are called, but few are chosen. And a lot aren't chosen because they refuse the calling. And, you know, this is what I spoke of not long ago when I covered the spiritual gifts, because knowing your strength may show you where the Lord is going to use you or what you're going to be doing now in this season before he calls us home. And in my personal experience, I never stop praying. And that's why I read about the Lord being alone and praying as we are to follow in his example. If you find yourself alone and drifting, you know, use that to your advantage. And it's not just to get what you want out of it. You know, yes, you can ask for anything in the Lord's name, but what you primarily want to do is pray into his will. You want to seek his will for your life. What is the real reason you are here on the earth? You want to inquire of that. And he's not going to rebuke you for asking. How do you know the Lord won't reveal to you what your purpose is or what your next move will be? You know, you have to guard your prayer time also because the enemy will send assignments to try and take that away, especially if you have a purpose the Lord has assigned to your life. It does not matter how big or small that calling is, and it certainly doesn't matter how strong you think you are in your walk. And speaking from experience, there are times it can seem like a battle, and it will seem at times like others don't care about you, but you can't be focused on that. You know, while it's a shame some Christians choose not to lift each other up, as the 13 verses in the Bible direct us to do so, we're to endure no matter what, guys, remember that. He who endures till the end shall be saved. And I'm no exception. I'm a person like the rest of you. I'm the Lord's child, but, you know, the Lord has no favorites. 
can't tell you how many times I've been on my own ever since I've come back to Christ and sought fellowship or fellow brothers and sisters when I'm down, only to be disappointed. You know, I've been alone throughout a good portion of my life, but I truly believe that the Lord has set myself, as well as many of you, apart from the world. I say that because you can't be a soldier of Christ if you are of this world. A servant of the Lord does not get tied up in civilian affairs. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 states that. The word says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And like I said earlier, it's a constant battle to stay on the right course. So in saying that, it goes for anyone who may be seeking purpose and what the Lord is potentially doing in your life, especially if you find yourself alone. Let me just tell you, you know, where the Lord is concerned, there are no coincidences. So if you are alone, if that is so, seek him for purpose, like I was saying earlier, because chances are, it's not by accident. Not all is what it initially appears to be. You know, God already decided what each person would be. And you may remember, I just quoted Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, where it says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Ladies and gentlemen, can I just tell you that before I had ever read the book of Jeremiah, the Lord said the same thing to me when I was in prayer once. It's true, he did. Now, though a prophet is often lonely because God sets him or her apart, there is, regardless, no refuting God's calling on your life no matter what it is. And sometimes, he does keep us by ourselves to fulfill his works, so that we don't have distractions or other commitments. You know, let me just tell you from my own experience. You will not win that argument no matter how much you whine. Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 10 says, Whatever one is, he has been named already, for it is known that he is man, and he cannot contend with him who is mightier than he. In other words, you ain't going to win an argument against God. So you might say, I don't want to do this or I don't like it. It's like, it doesn't matter. The Lord already knows what you're capable of doing. And he knows, he knows the end. Of, he knows the beginning of your life. He knew it before you were here and he knows where it's going to go in the end. And so, you know, that said, though many of us have had our time in the worldly, we came out of it because we found no matter what we did, we didn't fit in there either. I know I didn't ever fit in. Didn't matter how many sinful actions I took part in, I didn't belong to any of it. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm getting to the point and have been dying to this world for the last two years. It is and has been becoming such a dark place that I personally have no desire for it anymore. I could live without it. I mean, there's separation, there's division and indifference, and frankly, I don't like it. You know, there's a separation among those who belong to the Lord and those who don't. You know, the world has become a very unfriendly place for Christians. And that's becoming more and more obvious by the day. But going back to what I said about not belonging to the world, Jesus said, quoting John chapter 15, verses 18 through 19, If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. Yet, because you are not of the world, I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. And, you know, I'll just say, when I was being called to the Lord to carry out Innocence Redeemed, I didn't know it at the time I was going to be running a ministry, but 
I noticed that those I tried to talk to when I was studying the word and I was trying to, you know, witness to others that I used to have in my life or used to know me, they stopped talking to me. <laughs> you know, you quickly find out who your friend is. In other words, the world is not your friend. It is not who or what the Lord called us to be. He has a greater purpose for us. You may remember at the beginning when I played that song by Tears for Fears, where one of the lyrics said, the dreams in which I'm dying are the best I've ever had. Now, that may seem cryptic and dark on the surface to many, but that depends on how you look at it. To me, I can relate to that for the simple reason that I don't love this world. You know, to put it candidly, it's bittersweet. And in any dream I've had where I thought death was surely imminent, the Lord showed me that he's there and that I will go on living. He's shown me that. I can testify to that. He has shown me that he has me firmly in his hand, that life goes on with him. And actually, it's biblical. Taking a look at Isaiah chapter 49, verses 15 through 16. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you, it is better to die to the world and be inscribed on the Lord's hand to go on living with him eternally than to put up walls embrace evil in the world, and hang on to the so-called normal the evil ones are trying to perpetuate and be destroyed with all the things left in the world when judgment reigns. And then on top of that, be cast into a fiery hell for eternity. So, I'm just going to tell you, if things seem bad for you right now, don't give up. And don't think that you have to capitulate because you don't. If you seek more wisdom and understanding, I first advise you to ask the Lord, but also check out a podcast I did called The Wisdom and Letting Go, which I believe I did in May last year. Yeah, it was in May last year. Because when you die to the world, one of the things you feel sad about that, you know, that's an indication you are dying to the world. The Lord wants you to let it go. And so you will mourn because you're dying. It's like a funeral. And it's better, like I said, to die to the world than to be found in it when it's judged. And I'm not going to go too much into the Lord's judgment in this episode, but based on what I've said here, where the Lord's judgment is concerned, you know, as it relates to what I just said, we look at Matthew chapter 3, verse 12. He is ready to separate the chaff from the wheat with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, gathering the wheat into his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. And that's exactly what I just meant by He's separating everything and he's going to, anything found on the earth is going to go into the fire. And that's the never ending fire. You know, you don't want to be found among that. We can look at another example in Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 20. Therefore, thus says the Lord God Behold, my anger and my fury will be poured out on this place, on man and on beast, on the trees of the field and on the fruit of the ground, and it will burn and not be quenched. You know, you might remember in the last episode where I got very real and took off the gloves and kind of smacked everybody around that I spoke of the separation taking place, and indeed it is. Remember Romans chapter 8, verse 36, where it says, For your sake we are killed all day long, 
we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. The world hates us, so we may as well die to it anyway. Because Christians, we're not meant to be here. You know, the Lord, he wants to rescue us from that hour of judgment. He doesn't want us to be here for that. And now I mention this because in everything going on at the moment, it doesn't matter what is happening if we're dead to the world or we're dying to it. You know, we're hanging on to the promise of the Lord's salvation, eternal life with him, and knowing that we stand strong for Jesus no matter what comes our way. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that when I was in the wilderness and I tried witnessing to people, I was alone. And being a true follower of Jesus Christ can be a very lonely walk, regardless of your calling. You know, others around you will sometimes say they understand, but you know whether they truly do or not, because they'll act like the world, and they're still very much a part of it. You know, in that alone, you could be surrounded by others, but still feel alone. In my experience, and what I feel the Lord is showing me is, there's going to come a time, and indeed it actually may already be here, where being alone is a blessing in disguise. Because one thing I've learned is that people will fail you. They will let you down, they will lie, make excuses, and some, they will backstab. And in the coming days, some will probably kill you. Our Lord Jesus will never fail us. Once again, this time quoting Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Another word for forsake is to fail or abandon. And the Lord has told me many times, I am all you need. And it's true. It's what we need to be focused on because we're going home to be with him soon, guys at least for those of us who are true believers. So like I said, while people may fail us, and the world may fail us, as it seems everything is falling apart, the Lord is never going to fail us. You know, he reassures me that each time I begin to become concerned, and that's why I speak to that today. There's a lot of people out there losing hope, but, you know, do not be dismayed. Do not fear, because he's not going to leave you nor forsake you. This is all the more reason we need to remember that he has already overcome all of this. You know, he already knows how it's going to end. And with his strength and guidance pulling close to him in prayer, he's going to be our light through all of it. We need to remember our strength and courage in him and seek the Lord without ceasing. You know, speaking of which, I pulled some verses on this. Psalm 18, verse 28. For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Psalm 18, verse 32, it is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. Psalm 89, verse 21, with whom my hand shall be established, also my arm shall strengthen him. Psalm 112, verse 4, unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. So like I said, it doesn't matter what's going on. Remember Psalm 112, verse 4. Let's read it again. Unto the upright, that's those walking with him, there arises light in the darkness. He, the word has he italicized, is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. He's not going to permit the godly to slip and fall. But it is our job as his children to continue walking with him and being obedient. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
And that's what I mean by he will not let you slip and fall. He is always our strength and our shield, and that includes times of trouble. So trust in him no matter what. And I mean no matter what. And do not stop praying. Psalm 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. I know one thing that when I'm feeling down and I've sat for an hour or two just praising and singing songs to the Lord, he fills me with his presence. His presence is very strong on me. And if you've never done that, you should try it. Because that is one way to reverence and pull near to him. It's not just prayer and reading his word, but worshiping him, thanking him, praising him. Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And to quote one more, you all know it from Psalm 91, verse 4. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. He will always be with us, but we need to keep focused on him and keep our eyes stayed on him. Those verses quoted, let us pray. Father God, today I lift up all of your children who are alone and hurting. I lift up to you all who are seeking courage and purpose. Lord, I ask you to reveal your purpose to them as they seek you in their daily prayers. Lord, you alone are my strength and refuge. In you alone, Lord, is my salvation and glory. Lord. You are the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in you. Lord, I thank you that you are always with me, and that you are a very present help in all troubles. I run to you, and you fill me with peace. You are the only one who is totally trustworthy. Lord, none can do what you do, for you are great, mighty, and your hand always catches me and directs me on the right paths. You will never fail me. You will never abandon me. With you, I am never alone. You will never leave me nor forsake me. Lord, I trust you to protect me, my mind, and my body from the evil in this world today. I trust you to guide me and to be near to me, no matter what happens. In you, Lord, I have strength and stability. I trust you and your promises. In the powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, it is my prayer that this podcast has been a blessing to you in the uncertainty of things right now. It's my prayer that it has been a help to encourage you in your faith. Remember, no matter what, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and keep praying. For Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And a few more in closing. Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Anytime, guys, I have felt weak or down, tired, beat down, like I was saying earlier, like I felt like I'm running over by a truck and I don't know what to do, I remember Psalm 27, 14, to wait on the Lord and be of good courage. I wait for him to strengthen me. Remember, no matter what, God has a plan. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 through 13 expressly state 
For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. My friends, seek him with your whole heart, and you will find him. I thank you for listening, and until next time, may our Lord Jesus bless you. Take care of yourselves out there, and remember, never stop praying. Have a great week, everyone.